the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What's going on, everybody? It's another Algatulo Craft Beer Cast right here on AM 970, The Answer. We've got a great show for you tonight. A little bit of a local guest that will be joining me later this hour. But first, how can you follow me? Very easily. On Twitter, at Algatulo. Instagram, at Gatulo. G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast. Uh, via email at albertgnycradio.com. Don't forget iTunes. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You'll find the show's. Uh, on that platform, it's going to be going away on Google Play in a bit because uh, Google Play is now shifting to uh, YouTube uh, Live, which is, by the way, very terrible. Um, I don't like the interface so far. I've transferred my music over, uh, and I've had some issues with it, and I'm just not a big fan of uh, YouTube Live, and I hope that uh, it improves in some way, shape, or form. Alexa ready as well. We're also on Radio.com. We're on iHeartRadio as well. Uh, and you can also catch us on the Hopped Up Network. Just head over to the hoppedupnetwork.com, uh, and you can listen to the podcast version of this particular show, uh, usually Monday mornings before 6 a.m. Uh, the show is posted up there. Now, coming up in about 20 minutes, John Kokoza uh, from Ross Brewing is going to join me. Ross Brewing has been gypsy brewing for a few years, uh, but they're finally breaking ground on a place uh, in Monmouth County, New Jersey, and we'll talk about the location. Uh, they're also distributing in New York, but, um, you know, We've also got some other news as well uh, from John, and we'll talk to him in about 20 minutes from now. Good stuff uh, from John Kokoza and the folks from Ross Brewing. So your love is driving me crazy. That from Sammy Hagar, uh, which this past weekend, if uh, if things were if we were in a normal world, I would have been at PNC Bank Art Center uh, for not one but two concerts. One was Sammy Hagar um, and uh, Sammy Hagar and Night Ranger. It was supposed to be White Snake, but then White Snake bailed on the tour because David Coverdale. Had to get hernia surgery, so it was just going to be the two of them. And then I was supposed to see Gary Clark Jr. and uh, the Black Keys on Sunday night, tonight, at PNC. But, of course, all concerts were canceled. And, um, unfortunately, uh, a lot of them have been rescheduled for next year. Uh, Sammy was supposed to do a show in Cleveland. That got canceled for this year. Apparently, it was going to be like the first concert, uh, you know, post-pandemic or whatever. But uh, he's not doing that either. And there was a story that I saw before we get into the beer news. Uh, about a socially distant concert set up in um, in England. I, th- I think it was England. I don't remember the story. I think it was in England. I know it was in Europe somewhere, but I'm pretty sure it was in England, where they, you basically had these pods, and it was five people to a pod, uh, and you had times when you could show up to the, uh, to the venue so that you could go in in an outdoor show, and you sat in these pods. like It was just a, basically a metal platform with five chairs. You got drinks and food delivered to you. 
Um, you know, obviously people had to wear masks and socially distance, and they were set up, you know, in a socially distanced setting. That might be the future for concerts. I wonder um, if somebody is going to take the plunge here in America to do that, to get concerts back. I don't think it can happen this year, uh, but for next spring and summer, I think that is definitely something that I think a savvy promoter will work on and try and partner with, you know, whether it's Live Nation or whomever, uh, to get that going. I think that's, uh, you know, listen, music music plays an important part to this show, but music plays an important part in a lot of people's lives. We need to get back to that. How we can do that safely, I don't have the answer to that yet, but we have to do it in some way that is responsible so that we can get these things back. Because let's face it, there are a lot of people that are out of work right now. The music industry, the entertainment industry, those, those artists, and I'm talking not only just the artists, but the people that work with the artists, the sound techs and the stagehands and the crews, all those people, they're all out of work. They have no way of making money. That, to me, is the real tragedy here. You know, some of the artists, like Sammy Hagar, employs a full-time band, you know, has these people in his, in his staff. But a lot of artists don't do that. So these people are scrambling to find work, and that's not good. We need to help those people out as well, uh, as, as well as the other people that are out of work uh, on top of everything else during this pandemic. Um, let's dive into some news. Collective Arts Brewing has announced it has taken over an existing brewery uh, and tap room in Toronto's Trinity Bellwoods neighborhood. It'll be relaunching it under the Collective Arts banner later this year. Collective Arts Toronto will be located at 777 Dundas Street West, a space that was home to the sixth brew house from early 2018 until its quiet closure earlier this month. It'll feature a 10-barrel brew house, tap room, patio, and retail store. And in keeping with the brewery's artist first mission, visual art will be displayed gallery style throughout the space. I have to say, Collective Arts uh, beer cans uh, are fantastic, and their beer is very, very good. I've recently had a sour from them, a kettle sour that was outstanding. I have not been disappointed uh, by Collective Arts beers. They have done uh, a great job, and they're hiring for underway for several of these positions in Toronto. Um, the, the, the store and the patio and everything is expected to open late this month or early September with the indoor tap room following once COVID-19 restrictions are sufficiently lifted in Toronto. More details about the new location will be announced closer to their opening. Reader's Digest has selected Dirtbag Ales as the nicest place in North Carolina for 2020. The brewery donated Heroes Homecoming Pilsner to quarantine soldiers returning from overseas at Fort Bragg and, and Fayetteville. And uh, this is from the, uh, uh, the Fayetteville Area Convention and Visitors Bureau that nominated uh, Cumberland County to Reader's Digest for their annual Nicest Places in America recognition. And uh, Reader's Digest was looking for places that were showing resilience and support during the COVID-19 crisis. Uh, so they also nominated Dirtbag Ales and their donation of homecoming Pilsner to soldiers that were quarantined at Fort Bragg. The brewery donated 40 cases and allowed members of the public to donate even more. Uh, so they got that award. So that's very cool. Good for them. Uh, and kudos to Dirtbag Ales uh, for getting that recognition. That is really cool. As we continue on here with our news and notes segment here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer, Founders has announced the Passion Fruit Goza as the next release in their Mothership series. That'll be in Founders Tap Rooms exclusively in bottles beginning on August 26th. Um, this is, uh, let's see, it is Passion uh, delivering notes of guava, mango, and other citrusy flavors in a goza type of style. The addition of sea salt rounds out this lightly hopped summer treat. 
Um, this follows the other uh, Mothership Series beers like Blushing Padre, Detroit Double IPA, Devil Dancer, French Toast Bastard, Oktoberfest, Pale Joe, and Mucho Lupu. Uh, Passion Fruit Goza is a 4.6% ABV. It's going to have a retail price of about $12 a six-pack. It'll be available, again, as I said, exclusively in bottles in the Grand Rapids and Detroit tap rooms beginning on August 26th. There will be a very limited draft offering that will be available in Michigan starting in late August. So it doesn't look like this beer is going to get out of uh, Michigan, hoping to get a sample of it. If I do, I will certainly uh, have a taste of it and review it for you guys uh, when it is appropriate. The other big news in uh, brewing, and I didn't know this. This is interesting. So uh, Anchor Brewing Company, one of the oldest uh, breweries in the country in terms of craft beer, although they are owned by Sapporo now, but um, Anchor Brewing has announced that Thomas Riley, after 36 years with the company, has been appointed as the brewmaster for this historic San Francisco brewery. Now, Anchor Brewing uh, Company's 124-year history has seen very few changes at this position. Uh, Riley is becoming just the fourth brewmaster since 1965. Think about that. So uh, Riley will be immediately responsible for all beer production, management of the historic brew house, careful preservation of the brewery's classic beers such as Anchor Steam Beer, as well as leading the development of innovation products and production methods. Uh, Riley grew up in Potero Hill, uh, where Anchor's current uh, brew house has been operating for over 40 years. He started at Anchor at the age of 21, working on the packaging line in the summer of 1984. Think about that. And then it took 35 years, for him, or 36 years, to become the brewmaster. So um, he has uh, worked in nearly every production job available at Anchor Brewing, uh, from the packaging line to tour guide and eventually brewer for the past 20 years. And now he is the head brewer. Um, and as uh, they say in the press release, Riley has a deep understanding of Anchor's uh, brew house processes and legacy. This is kudos to um, to, 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 uh, to Thomas Riley. Uh, the official story that I'm or the unofficial story that I'm hearing from a number of different sources is that the previous brewer, uh, brewmaster, has decided to just take a little break, uh, stepping down. He's kind of, you know, enjoying life right now, but... Uh, I guess he felt that it was time uh, to step down, and Thomas is going to step in. You know, you see Anchor Brewing in a lot of places on tap. It's a it's a good beer. I don't know if I would necessarily call it a great beer, but it's one of those beers that every once in a while when you see it, you kind of go back to it. It's like Sierra Nevada's Pale Ale. It's kind of that first introduction into India Pale Ales and that bitterness that uh, Sierra Nevada had. It's like having a Sam Adams again for the first time, that Boston lager, that caramelly, bready, uh, type of beer that you might not drink it often, but every once in a while when you see it in a bottle or on tap, you might go back to it and just say, oh, yeah, I remember this. Anchor Brewing is exactly that way. The Anchor Brewing Steam, that's that's a beer that you go back to every once in a blue moon and you go, uh, all right, this is the reason why I got into craft beer and why I enjoy this better than I do a Budweiser or a Coors Light. So, uh, you know, it's just one of those things. It's a nostalgia thing. At least to me, it's a nostalgia thing. When I have a Sam Adams, and they usually send, when Sam Adams sends me beers, they usually send an original or a Sam 76 in the whatever variety pack that they're sending. And I always crack one because it's one of those things that brings you back to that memory of when you first had that particular beer. It's the same thing if, I, if I've had a Blue Point Toasted Lager. Yes, I know they're owned by AB InBev, but if, you ha- if that is a beer that is kind of the gateway to get you into it, you, you kind of remember that from time to time. Now, when we come back after a short break, we're going to have more news and notes, including uh, Stone Brewing's uh, 24th anniversary beer that's coming out and a lot of other stuff and some stuff from Untied Brewing 
um, that uh, Matt Green, the owner, um, made me privy to. And um, hopefully he'll let me uh, unveil it. But I'm going to just kind of tease it because it's a beer that's not coming out for a couple of weeks. But definitely has to do in New Jersey. That's coming up right after this on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. You want to you want to really get low down and into the blues? Gary Clark Jr. is the guy that you should be listening to, and I should have been at the concert tonight with him and the Black Keys. That would have been a heck of a show at the PNC Bank Art Center. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy. The answer. You can follow me very easily on Twitter at Algatulo, Instagram at Gatulo, G A T. U double L O Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast via email at Albert G at NYC Radio.com. Uh, iTunes, and, uh, you know, that's about it for right now when it comes to um, uh, following the show on a, on a, I don't want to say a social media platform because that's not true, but Google Play is going to be going away very soon, which I'm not really happy about because I'm not crazy about YouTube music. And I liked Google Play music a lot because I could keep my entire catalog of music and there's a ton of it that i hadn't even put on there um that i can store there and play at my leisure but that's going away but itunes were available on you can subscribe and you'll get a, you know the new podcast every time it's uploaded you'll get the podcast version of the show on there we're alexa ready as well we're on radio.com we're on iHeartRadio, and we're also on the hopped up network if you just go over to the hopped up network.com on monday mornings before 6 a.m you can download and listen to uh, my show, whenever you feel like it. Now, coming up in 10 minutes, John Kokoza from Ross Brewing will join me. Ross Brewing has been gypsy brewing uh, for a few years. Uh, they're in New York distributing. They're not in New Jersey yet, but they are finally breaking ground on a place in Monmouth County, New Jersey. We'll get into all of that uh, coming up in about 10 minutes from now. Gary Clark Jr., the last time I saw him, a couple years ago at um, the uh, summer stage at the Stone Pony, got, got a chance to see him for the first time at the Borgata. Uh, with a couple of my buddies, with my best friends. Uh, and that was an amazing show, too. And the thing I liked about that was the fact that it was not well attended. And then we got to meet Gary Clark Jr. afterwards in the casino. That was super cool. But this guy, he, he's he's just a really young, hip, up-and-coming blues artist. If you haven't listened to his music, you should definitely check it out. They did a profile on him on CBS Sunday Morning that Christine Johnson did. Uh, a few months back, and uh, it's a great, uh, it's a great piece, and he's just a wonderful musician. Love that guy. Would see him a thousand times over. He's just a, a really, really good uh, musician. He's won a bunch of Grammys. Fantastic guy. Let's get into some uh, news and notes. Founders. Uh, I mean, speaking of founders, and they've been in the news lately for a lot of different things that they're coming out with. But like most brewers now, founders pleased to introduce Mas Agave Premium Hard Seltzer. It's their first seltzer release. With the newest addition to the brewery's year-round lineup, 
Uh, it is Mas Agave Premium Hard Seltzer, brewed with organic blue agave nectar, natural cane sugar, real fruit juice, and a dash of sea salt for good measure. It is a uh, good uh, gluten-free option, uh, specially formulated for craft drinkers. It's a 4.5% ABV, and as brewmaster Jeremy Kosmicki says in the press release, when I was tasked with brewing a hard seltzer, my priority was to make sure it would be the best-tasting, highest-quality hard seltzer ever. I had to take the same approach that we take to brewing beers to seltzer. The flavor profile of Masagave, the beer, lends itself so well to refreshing lighter mixes, and he's admitted, Jeremy, that he's been known to drink it over ice, so the idea to start there was a no-brainer. I worked with our R&D brewer for months, tweaking the recipe to get it exactly where we wanted it. I'm really proud of the result. It's light and refreshing. It still has great flavor and a big aroma without the harsh aftertaste you sometimes find in hard seltzers. Now, Masagave Premium Hard Seltzer will be available in six packs of lime and strawberry, 15 packs, which will be a variety pack, and undraft lime as of October of this year, a limited national release. It's going to be initially distributed in nine markets, Arizona, Texas, Florida, Illinois, Michigan, uh, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Nevada, just in Las Vegas only. Um, Again, the uh, seltzer is gluten-free, comes in at 110 calories per 12-ounce can, uh, 4 grams of sugar, 7 grams of carbs in the grapefruit and lime, 6 grams of carbs in the strawberry. It'll be about $10 a six-pack, $18 a 15-pack, the prices will vary by market. So kudos to founders. They should be sending me a couple samples. We'll definitely check those out. Uh, Ship Bottom Brewery, of course, which is located on Long Beach Island in Beach Haven, New Jersey, is going to be opening a beer garden Labor Day weekend alongside Wake Coffee Roasters in Ambler, Pennsylvania. Now, prior to the pandemic shutdowns, the brewery was in the process of opening a new beer garden there, but the pandemic pushed plans back uh, a few months. Ship Bottom Brewery's new beer garden will offer year-round brands such as their signature Shack IPA along with Hop and Hazy, Barnegat Lager, uh, Mermaid Blondale, as well as Hard Cider, Hard Seltzers, Seasonal, and Limited Release Style. So kudos to the guys from Ship Bottom. That is uh, some pretty awesome news that they'll be opening in Pennsylvania. In fact, the bre- if I'm not mistaken, Rob, the brewery owner, is originally from Pennsylvania. So I know when we interviewed God, and I... I can't remember off the top of my head when we interviewed him. It was a long time ago, easily two years ago, uh, when I interviewed him. And they had originally started, he had originally started in Pennsylvania, but I guess they couldn't find, forget the story, I, I think it was they couldn't find a place that really worked for them, and then uh, they ended up on Long Beach Island. They're really the only brewery right now on Long Beach Island, as far as I'm aware of. Uh, if there is another brewery on the island, please, somebody uh, let me know. But of course, if you've ever been to Long Beach Island, to vacation or whatever. It is just this beautiful, beautiful um, island that is kind of out from Jersey, right? So there's a bay side of the island, and then you have the ocean side. And the island is, you know, it's a big, long strip, a couple miles long. And there's basically one avenue that you ride down. And, uh, you know, on the right side is the bay, on the left side is the beach. Uh, it's just a great place, and there's some really cool places to go and hang out, and like Joe Pops and all these other places. Um, and Ship Bottom is right in Beach Haven, which is kind of the center uh, of the island where you have all these different, you know, the amusement park, uh, little Bay Village. You have all these little different things there. Ship Bottom Brewery is right over there. So I really have to get a ri- take a ride over there. Hopefully by the fall they'll be opening things up a little bit more that we'll be able to do stuff inside Take a ride over there because to go down there now, it's always crowded. And it's a hike for me. I mean, we're talking uh, at least 60 miles for me to get down there, uh, you know, one way. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But got to get down there. And, of course, they're opening this little 
um, uh, Beer Garden in Ambler, Pennsylvania. So kudos to them. Uh, Record Store Day, which was supposed to be in April, is now finally here. And Dogfish Head is honoring Record Store Day with Galaxy 500. Uh, this is after the uh, after the band. Uh, this is uh, a limited edition beer and vinyl release that is slated for Saturday, August 29th. For the first time on vinyl, Galaxy 500 will release its iconic 1987 live performance, Copenhagen. And to complement that, Dogfish Head is releasing Copenhagen, a Danish-style rye pilsner brewed from ingredients inspired by historical Danish, uh, Danish brewing tradition. Uh, let's see, a light golden Pilsner malt, uh, hearty malted rye, and a blend of Moravian hops. Very cool. It'll be $17 for a four-pack of 16-ounce cans. Uh, Copenhagen will be available for curbside pickup while supplies last from Dogfish Head's uh, Raybooth uh, Emporium beginning on August 29th. And, uh, of course, the record will be out. They're doing three different dates for Record Store Day because it was originally supposed to be in April. Uh, But that's really cool. Good stuff from uh, Dogfish Head. Uh, with this uh, Danish-style rye pilsner. So Matt Green, whom we've had on the show before, he's doing some great work over at Untied Brewing in New Providence, New Jersey, and he recently brewed a beer called Data Determines Dates, which was an honor, I guess, to Governor Murphy, who had been using the phrase for a while during his briefings. Now, the governor actually called him a few weeks ago when I was over there to pick up beer uh, at Untied, and uh, he thanked Matt, but unfortunately Matt had no more cans of the beer to give to the governor. And Matt, I appreciate that you listen to the program and appreciate the beers that you've uh, you've given me over the last uh, last year or so to kind of try and, and sample and use for suds and duds, and that's fantastic. But unfortunately, so as I said, Matt had no more cans to give to the governor. Now, Matt sent me uh, a little earlier this week uh, a new uh, label for a new Imperial New England-style IPA that is going to be coming out on September 2nd, and it's called Knucklehead Hall of Fame, which is pretty awesome because that's another phrase that the governor has used in his months of, you know, his daily briefings and stuff, uh, referring to people not wearing masks and social distancing, et cetera, et cetera. So this is going to be an 8.3% IPA with some great hops in it, and according to Matt, a lot of dankness. So again, that beer comes out on September 2nd. Uh, Knucklehead Hall of Fame, an Imperial New England style IPA. I cannot wait for when that comes out because I am definitely going to try it because uh, Matt and the folks over at Untied are doing a fantastic job uh, over in New Providence, New Jersey. And they have a little beer garden set up right in front of the, uh, right in front of the brewery. You definitely want to check it out. There's some umbrellas out and stuff. Uh, it's a nice little spot, and Matt is doing some great things with Untied Brewing. Finally, Screaming Hill Brewery is now open for outdoor seating, which is really cool. If you've ever been to Cream Ridge, New Jersey, and the Screaming Hill Brewery Farm, they just opened up a couple of weeks ago doing online sales, but now they're open for outdoor seating. It's only available by online reservation, Fridays 5 to 8 p.m., Saturdays from 1230 to 3 and 330 to 6. Head over to eventbrite.com and then just do a search for Screaming Hill, S-C-R-E-A-M-I-N-Hill-Brewery to make your reservation. Uh, reservations include a 12-foot crop circle for up to eight guests for two and a half hours. You have to wear a mask, and you have to bring your own chair. Uh, and they ask for patience and understanding as they accommodate the new circumstances. They're adhering to all social distancing rules and regulations the state has mandated. Masks are required when you are not in your crop circle, I'm guessing, to use the restroom. Uh, so that is really exciting uh, for the folks at Screaming Hill Brewery. Love those guys. Can't wait. Uh, to get down there again and sample uh, some of their beers. When we come back after a short break, John Kokoza from Ross Brewing will join me. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer.
can't talk about New Jersey at times without playing Bruce Springsteen, especially when you're talking about uh, something that is happening in Monmouth County. Welcome back to the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. You can follow me on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, uh, that uh, is G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash A-G Craft Beer Cast, Google Play, iTunes, just do a search for A-G Craft Beer Cast, Alexa Ready, Radio.com. Uh, iHeartRadio, we're all over the place. We're also on the Hopped Up Network. All you got to do, head over to the Hopped Up Network uh, on Monday mornings before 6 a.m. and you can listen to the podcast version of this show and a plethora of others as well. Now, my next guest, he is the owner of a brewery in New Jersey, hence the Bruce Springsteen music. It, they are currently a gypsy brewer and they're distributing in New York. Now, does that make sense? Well, it will. Trust me. Give me a moment. They recently signed a deal to break ground on a facility in Middletown, New Jersey, of course, uh, down in uh, in Monmouth County, where uh, Bruce Springsteen resides. And even though they started in Red Bank, they're going to be opening up in Middletown. Is it confusing? Well, welcome to opening a brewery in the great state of New Jersey, ladies and gentlemen. RossBrewing.com is the website for more information about these guys. Let me welcome to the show John Cocosa. John, how are you? I'm doing great, Al. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Now, Ross Brewing originally started in Red Bank, New Jersey, uh, and if I'm not mistaken, the original plan was to open up the brewery in a historic firehouse, if I'm not mistaken. You guys had signed a lease, uh, and that's kind of where all the problems started, right? Yes, that's correct. We um, we had scouted around Red Bank for a while. You know, I live in the adjacent town, Little Silver, and we love Red Bank. Red Bank's a great, great town, uh, nice restaurants, uh, plenty of amazing bars that we like to hang out at, uh, bars that have great beer selections. Right. And, uh, of course, there's the arts community, there's the galleries, there's so much going on there. So, uh, so yeah, we did find the building eventually that we thought would be perfect. Uh, it was an historic firehouse, and the town had put it up for auction. And we didn't win the auction, but interestingly, the person who did win the auction came right to us right after they won and said, hey, uh, I know what you wanted to do with the building, I support your idea, I, I think a brewery would be great here, and, um, and uh, you know, I'd certainly love you to be my tenant. And while it wasn't the same as owning the building, uh, he seemed like a great partner. And so, um, and so, yeah, we did sign that lease. But, um, but you know, Red Bank also has somewhat of a, of a reputation, maybe for a, a tougher place to do business. And you mentioned right. it in your intro, New Jersey overall is, is sort of tough in terms of alcohol and breweries. Right. You know? And then add a pandemic on top of it, it gets even worse. Well, so, I mean. Exactly. <laughs> so, in the meantime, you had the you had uh, the issues of getting the you know the, uh, getting going with the building and the town, et cetera, et cetera. But you need to be brewing beer because you've signed this lease. You know, there's money that you're paying out every month, and and you you have nothing coming back in return in order to pay this. So you start Gypsy Brewing with Cypress uh, and the good folks down there, Charlie Backman, great guy. So why start uh, distribution in New York instead of New Jersey? Was that because you had signed the intent for the building and it had to? Come out of summer. I, I'm I'm a little confused as to why you sure, started sure. in New Jersey. So. Actually, it, re- it really has more to do with timing than anything else. Okay. Uh, we applied for a New Jersey license, and at the suggestion of our our attorneys, they said, you know, 
there's a little known fact here, and, and we're going to put this out there. They said, if you're applying for this, this gypsy brewing license, this contract brewing license, they said, if you apply for it in New Jersey, you can have a New Jersey or New York address, and New Jersey will honor it. But if you apply for it in New York, you would need a New York address. So they said, our suggestion is go get a, an office space in New York, apply for it there for both states, in the idea that one day you may want to expand your distribution into New York. And certainly, you know, that made sense. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing. The New York license came back approved right away, like, hmm. like uh, w- within, a, within a few months. Wow. The New Jersey license, uh, unfortunately, gets caught up in a lot of red tape in Trenton. Right. And, uh, and so while we had the New York already ready to go, the New Jersey one we were waiting on. And so we thought, hey, well, we'll just sit on the New York one for a while. But as the New Jersey one dragged on more and more, uh, and the state was requiring more uh, paperwork from us. And then the state started furloughing employees during the quarantine. Right. So that made it even more unlikely we would get that license in a timely fashion. We said, you know what? Let's just start using New York City as our test market. We'll get our beers out there. It'll be good training for our sales staff mm-hmm. for when we bring them home to New Jersey, where you know where our home market is. Sure. And I'm happy to say that six months in you know, selling into New York, of which – Five of the six have been during a quarantine, a pandemic. Right. Um, we're making good headway. We're in 40 accounts up there. Um, you know, the team is helping to start build the brand. And uh, there's a lot of key learnings that we can apply right here to New Jersey when we do start selling in our home market. Well, that's awesome. Talking with John Cocosa, he's the owner of Ross Brewing. You can purchase their beer in New York, a uh, number of places, as he said. They're in 40 different accounts. In fact, if you're in Penn Station, you just head over to uh, uh, one of the stands there, Don Pepe, and you can pick up Ross Brewing <laughs> right there before you jump on the train to head home. For all the info about the brewery, hit up their website, rossbrewing.com. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. So let's talk about the middle, uh, the uh, Middletown location. Uh, from what you told me and what I talked about uh, last week, um, the building is going to be on the water so people can actually pull up with their boats, correct? Al, that is correct. Uh, when, when we realized that the firehouse, unfortunately, wasn't going to work out due to a number of factors in the town, um, we expanded our search a little bit, but I didn't want to go too far from Red Bank. Middletown's the next town over. It's one town over. Right. And we found this property. It's in the section of Middletown, uh, referred to as Port Monmouth, and uh, it's right on the water. Uh, it includes a, a 100-foot dock. We'll we'll have the first brewery in the state, you know, with the ability for pull-in. You can bring your boat up, a power boat, a sailboat. It's a very deep channel, and um, we even have mooring spots out in the water. So if the dock is filled, um, you can you can moor out, and we can send a dinghy to get you. So nice. um, so yeah, that's certainly a unique uh, a unique value proposition, as they say, uh, because right now nobody else is doing that. Mm. Um, it also gives us the space that we really wanted to develop the beers. We're able to have uh, a couple of different sites on the the overall site, a couple of different buildings, I should say. So we're going to be able to have our our regular brews and of course our sour brews and uh, and never the twain shall meet. Very 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 cool. Now some of the various beers. Uh, that Ross Brewing has their Navisink IPA, one of their flagships. You got the Shrewsbury Lager. You got uh, the Raritan Rye, which is the next one that's coming out. Manasquan Wit, Passaic Porter. So all of these kind of named after towns, uh, you know, in the great state of New Jersey, which is awesome. We're talking with John Cocosa. He's the owner of Ross Brewing, which you can purchase in New York. And for all the info, you can hit up their website, as I mentioned, rossbrewing.com here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. And John, I-, I believe you mentioned it, that you can you can... You're not obviously you're not going to be a brew pub, but you will have food trucks that can be there that people can purchase food while they're sitting out because you're going to have plenty of outdoor space right now with the pandemic. Uh, we don't know when indoor uh, brewing, you know, indoor tasting is going to be allowed. Correct. 
You're correct on all fronts, Al. You actually nailed it. We, uh, of course, we're not going to have our own food, but uh, the ruling by the state is that we can have food trucks if your municipality allows it. And right. unfortunately, Red Bank did not allow that, but Middletown does. And we've got the space for uh, for an army of food trucks. In fact, the plan is every weekend to, for there to be a food truck festival. We can have, at a, at a minimum, we can have five food trucks and probably more than that. And um, and it's a great, great space, tons of outdoor space, which made it not only attractive in general, but as you said, during this these, these quarantine, these pandemic times, the outdoor space is very key. So there's space for, uh, for, for dining, for parking, uh, outdoor bands, uh, building a deck out over the water that the bands can perform on, and, um, and a number of other uh, you know, uh, uh, events that can happen outdoors there. So uh, we're, even, uh, we're even putting in a pretty significant fire pit inspired by the ones I visited up in, uh, up in Cooperstown at Oma Gang. Oh, that's very cool. Now, uh, uh, another question I have for you. So you're breaking ground. You're getting started. What are we looking at the timeline? We're probably with the pandemic, with getting equipment, all kinds of construction and stuff. We're probably looking late this year, early next year. You're you're right on that timeline. Yeah, um, you know our contractors, of course, are very optimistic, and so they're telling us it's a four month process, which is beginning right now. We've also ordered the equipment. Similarly, uh, it's coming from ABS in North Carolina. That's a four month timeline for manufacture and delivery. Right. So, uh, looking at four months, you know, add ons time for things to not go right and inspections and what have you you know that really takes you through the end of the year probably early next year so we'll um we'll be looking at maybe a public open you know let's say maybe early spring which would really be great because that will be when the weather starts turning nice again absolutely last question from me john how do you as a business owner trying to distribute beer during a pandemic without a tap room uh survive it's got to be difficult to be able to do that it's it's been extremely challenging uh, to be to be very frank. Um, you know, we were just starting to make headway in New York, and uh, and and right early on, you know, a lot of our customers, the bars and restaurants, were forced to shut down. Mm-hmm. So, uh, of course, we had to pivot and and place more of a focus on package locations in New York. That would be nearly any bodega, but as well as uh, as beer stores, beer distributors, supermarkets. So there was a little bit of a strategy shift. Uh, the team really came together and they said, look, we want to keep this thing going. We've just started it. So everybody's pitched in and done above and beyond, um, you know, what their original job titles were. And, uh, you know, we were able to hang on knowing that if we could survive and we've got this great location coming, um, you know, that we'd be able to, to, to maybe build something really special. And so, so far, you know, we're, we've been able to pinch our pennies, make it count. We rely a lot on uh, social media marketing, right. um, you know, obviously we're very active on Instagram and some of the other channels, and uh, and it's it's been able to help us grow. We've been very, very surprised at the responses, but very thankful as well. The fans have responded well to the beers, and there's just one thing I wanted to mention now. Sure. Uh, you, you mentioned that a lot of our beers are named after towns. Well, in fact, uh, you know, by happenstance, that's correct, but, but really, truly, they're actually named after the various rivers here right. in the state. Right. Uh, you know, we've got such a passion for life out in the water, taking the boats out, paddle boarding, that sort of stuff. So we've uh, we've named each, each of the beers um, after different rivers that we've had some fun on. And uh, on each can, you know, there's going to be a map of that river and a little story about it. So at some point, we're going to run out of rivers, and then we'll figure <laughs> out what we're going to do. There you go. But that's a good problem to have at that point. Uh, my guest has been John Cocosa. He's the owner of Ross Brewing. You can purchase it, their beer in New York right now. And for all their info, hit up their website, rossbrewing.com. 
I've had I've had a couple of the beers already. I was at the launch in, in, in New York in December. Let me tell you something. This is good stuff, and it's great that it's going to be in New Jersey, and it's great that they're going to have it right on the water. You can pull your boat right up on the dock when they open, and you can get beer right from there. John, thanks so much for giving me a few minutes tonight. Very much appreciate it. Al, thank you. Have a good evening. You got it. Up next, it's time for Suds and Duds on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Final segment of the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, of course, as always, it is uh, Suds and Duds. That's where I uh, discuss the uh, various beers that I've had over the past week or so. And I let you know if I like it, so it would be a Suds. And if I didn't like it, that would be a Dud. Um, Sammy Hagar in the circle there, free man. Should have been at that concert this weekend, but unfortunately, um, no concerts for the foreseeable future. And um, you just have to wonder... When and if things are going to get back to whatever normal uh, is supposed to be. But let's dive right into um, the Suds and Duds stuff and the, the various beers that I've had. A couple of different ones. Um, a lot of them from New Jersey. Uh, first up, Stratification of the Galaxy. This is by Untied Brewing. And we mentioned Untied Brewing during the show. they got a new beer coming out uh, September 2nd called Knucklehead uh, MVP. And uh, is it Knucklehead MVP? You know what? Let me make sure I get the right name for that, because I do want to give uh, Matt Green the full credit on that one. And I downloaded the label yesterday, so you would think, or yesterday or the day before, because as always, folks, as people don't know, I do tape this show. It's not live. Knucklehead Hall of Fame. That's it. It's an Imperial New England-style uh, IPA that'll be coming out uh, September 2nd. But Matt was uh, kind enough to give me a can of Stratification of the Galaxy, this is a well-balanced New England-style IPA. It reminds me of a warm day on the beach. It is a fantastic beer. It's delicious. Loved it a lot. Um, very much enjoyed it. Um, and I might have reviewed it last week on the program, I think. I'm not sure. I always don't keep track of these things sometimes. But anyway, let's move on. Um, got a chance to pick up Thrash Bash, which I purchased over at my local liquor store. Uh, they do get Icarus beer in, but you kind of have to ask them because they keep it in the back. It's one of those things. Like a, it's like a, um, it's like a little secret because Icarus does a great job down, um, down in Ocean County, you know, and you know, in those places, Lakewood and Tom's River and stuff like that, and moving up into Monmouth County. But when you get further north, a lot of times Icarus is hard to find. And I know that a lot of these breweries do home delivery, but fifty bucks to get beer to, sent to my house is a little much for me. I'd rather go to the brewery and pay for it myself because it's cheaper for me to drive down there, and I'd rather give the brewery the money directly. But my local liquor store does get, excuse me, does get um, Icarus from time to time. And so I picked up this triple IPA Thrash Bash, uh, which was dank, a little sweet from the milk sugar, smooth, very strong, shocking. For for a, a 10% beer, it went down very nice. But I could see where if you had two or three of these, it would absolutely overwhelm you. And then, of course, at my favorite place, Paragon Tap and Table, which we'll mention uh, at various points during this segment because that's where I get to try uh, and drink a lot of my beers on the weekend because my wife and I try to go out to dinner once a week 
uh, over at Paragon to support, obviously, local businesses, uh, but also to support the local breweries that they have. So uh, Acoustic Jams by Brick City, this is just a banging beer. Smooth, fantastic, just a great color on it, that, that orange juice kind of color, but it's just such a smooth beer. Brick City does such a great job. And then surprisingly, a beer that I've had that I never checked into Untapped, and I don't understand why, and you could follow me on Untapped at Gatulo G A. Double T U double L O Hop Died IPA by Wet Ticket. I thought I had checked into this beer, but apparently I did not. Um, this and really, this is one of um, Wet Ticket's better beers. Tim and, and Al do a great job with their beers, but this is one that is really, really good. Uh, hazy, delicious, and there's that little bit of mint on the end of it. And it's weird. You'd go mint in a beer, and you know what? In this one, it actually works. It kind of gives it. Um, I don't want to say a cleansing of the palate. But it kind of it, it kind of tricks your mouth a little bit to say, oh, all right, you know, this isn't bad. It's not it, it's not offensive to me in the beer. Let's put it that way. Sometimes you get flavors in beers that kind of um, throw you off a little bit. This one certainly does it, and Wet Ticket is doing such uh, a great job uh, with their beers. Moving on on our Suds and Duds segment here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy. The answer, uh, Wubba Lubba Dub Double IPA by Departed Souls. Um, a soft IPA, nicely done, smooth. Um, it didn't wow me, but it was a good, a good double IPA, like a nice, easy going, just kind of drinkable um, IPA. Pretty good stuff. So, uh, uh, kudos to um, to Brian Kulbacki and his crew, which um, we'll be reviewing some more Departed Souls in just a couple of moments. The folks from Heavy Sea sent me two of their dessert type of beers. The first one that I had, I haven't had the second one yet, but Be More Snowball Skylight. Uh, by Heavy Seas, it, it kind of reminds me of that snowball cone that you get from the ice cream man. You know that? Remember, remember um, the the cone, and it had the uh, the ball of ice in it. And uh, you know, sometimes it was red, white, and blue colors, but sometimes it was you know one color. And this is kind of what it was reminiscent of that blue, that kind of everybody had that blue ice, and then you stuck out your tongue, and you got you kind of got that blue tongue. That's what this kind of reminded me of. Reminded me of that sweet treat on a hot day. Uh, I would have liked it to have been a little sweeter. I think if it was a little bit sweeter, I think that would have um, worked in terms of um, capturing the essence of that dessert. Um, I didn't get that there. I wish it was just a, a just a little bit sweeter. But I can understand why some people wouldn't want it too sweet. Because it's not really... Sometimes you want sweetness in a stout, uh, but maybe in this you don't really want that. I, I, you know, I think they were kind of going for a little bit of sweetness, you know, maybe, well, I shouldn't even say that. It's probably just they wanted to tone the sweetness down. They didn't want it to be too oppressive. Uh, but good stuff from Heavy Seas, and I appreciate them sending me that beer. Uh, finally got a chance to crack one of my bottles from Source Brewing of their barrel-aged Imperial Stouts. This one, the Chocolate Cherry Vanilla uh, from their first anniversary offerings. Uh, smooth, not super boozy. The chocolate and cherry flavor shined in this one. Slight bit of vanilla flavor in it, which was good. I would have liked a little bit more vanilla, but the chocolate and cherry were definitely prominent in this. Um, an excellent beer, and kudos to the folks from Source. Uh, they do a fantastic job with their beers. If you haven't had a chance, beerbroadcast.com. You go on there on Friday mornings at 9 o'clock, and they release their beers. you got to be quick. You get in there at 9.05, the beers are usually sold out. So just giving you um, a shout on that. Lucky Holler Hazy IPA. Uh, the folks from Trogue sent me this. This is really a nicely done beer. Hazy with a slight bite to it, tropical. I could easily drink this on the regular. I love the fact that this was a 12-ounce beer and not a 16-ounce. Sometimes you just want a, a little bit of a haze and you don't want too much. 
Um, and I understand why 16-ounce people are getting, getting more value out of it with the 16-ounce beer. But um, I do, every once in a while, I do like um, a 12-ounce beer. And this from Trogues, certainly uh, no exception. Uh, Departed Souls did do a tap takeover uh, at Paragon Tap and Table. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken, the first tap takeover that Paragon has done since the pandemic has started. So Departed Souls was first up. Uh, their first, the first beer that I had from that was the Trash Can Banger, which I didn't get a chance to get in cans. And we had Brian on the program back in June uh, when, he made the, when he made the beer uh, to take a shot at the Astros. So uh, really nice beer. Um, uh, you know, had that nice hop to it, nice double IPA, good color. Uh, really, really nice beer. I could see why people really like this beer and why it sold out so quickly, obviously for the can, but also for the fact that the beer uh, is actually a very good beer. So kudos uh, to Departed Souls. Then I had their Sponge Hop Sour Pants beer. So this is interesting. So obviously a take on SpongeBob SquarePants. Um, Very tropical, but not super sour. Good flavor. Uh, The pineapple in it is great. Um... But it wasn't like a puckery sour. My wife didn't want to drink it because it wasn't sour enough for her. But I did like this as sort of a, a, a bridge to the next beer that I was having and sort of a palate cleanser in some ways. So it kind of um, took the onus off of, you know, when you're tasting, you know, lots of IPAs and bitter beers and things of that nature. The, this kind of sour, which wasn't too sour, kind of reset the, reset the palate. Now, obviously, you could do that with water if you want. But it's nice to have a beer like that that kind of offsets uh, what you're doing. So that was delicious. Good stuff from the folks at Departed Souls. I uh, got to meet one of their reps and uh, had a nice time last night. It was uh, Last night, excuse me, Thursday night uh, when I had that. And uh, it was just a beautiful night for some outdoor dining. Um, and we're going to get ready to wrap up the show. And that's, you know, that's another thing. As I talk about all these beers and we talk about outdoor dining um, and trying to get small businesses back uh, and up and running, you know, that's been a mantra of this show for the last several months. You know, we need to get other things open in the New York, New Jersey area. I get it that there's outdoor dining, and that's a great thing. Um, you know, and on days when the heat is oppressive, look, I'm not going to sit outside uh, and eat dinner. I'm going to, you know, maybe get something for takeout and bring it home. And we have to support these small small businesses. But there needs to be a way to get out, to get indoor dining up and running. Maybe we have to start breaching that now. The, the, the fall is coming, and it's going to get cold. These restaurants aren't going to have big heaters sitting outside to accommodate people, and they're going to lose another segment of their business if they can't open for indoor dining. I think you have to put in something that gives you 25% indoor dining, and let's start from there. Indoor dining, 25%. You can only spend an hour in the restaurant. You eat your food, drink, and you leave. That's it. No hanging around at the bar. Even if you wanted to keep, let's say you wanted to keep the bar itself closed just for getting, serving drinks, right? There's a way to do this to make it so that people, so that these businesses can get money, can make some money. Because if this second round comes and these businesses have to shut down again, a lot more of them aren't going to open. My thanks to everyone involved in the show, as well as my guest, John Kokoza from Ross Brewing. And of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m. This has been the Al Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, cheers, everybody.